Thanks for the worship service and the time of sharing together in music. I want to talk to about today about the wonder of Christmas and the wonder of, of God and Jesus Christ. If you were to look at the seven wonders of the world, you'd look at the ancient pyramids. If you were to look at the seven wonders of engineering, you'd look at the Empire State Building. If you were to look at the seven wonders of the medieval world, you'd look at Stonehenge. You'd look at seven new wonders, you'd look at the Great Wall of China. Uh, you'd look at the uh, seven wonders of the United States. You'd look at seven natural wonders, considering the Grand Canyon, if anybody wanted to climb up and down that. Uh, the seven underwater wo uh, wonders would be the Great Barrier Reef, and then there's the seven industrial wonders. But right in the middle of all of it is the, is the wonder of Christ the Redeemer statue in Brazil. And when you look at that statue, it's on the Coronado Mountains in Brazil. It's 130 foot tall. It weighs 135 tons, 98 foot wide. And it says, Christ, it shows Christ looking down on the city and with open arms as to say, come to me. There is no doubt that Christ is the wonder of it all. The uh, fact is there are in the Bible seven wonders of Christ. And uh, they are as follows. There's the wonder of his birth. Nobody born like him will read it in a minute. Uh, there's the wonder of his life. There's no life like that of Jesus Christ. There's the wonder of his death. Nobody died for, innocent, for guilty people being innocent. There's the wonder of his resurrection. I mean, Jesus still lives. Amen? There's the wonder of his ascension, how he went up to heaven and God caught him up there, which is a picture of our rapture. There's the wonder of his present work that in the middle of all the history, way long ago, thousands of years ago, Jesus did all this, and here we are in church, and here are churches around the world still working and praising Jesus Christ. And then there's the wonder that we all look forward to, Jesus is going to come back, the wonder of it all. There's no doubt that there's a wonder of all wonders, uh, but that Jesus is definitely the wonder of it all. So if you will, stand with me. I want you to read a Bible passage with me. I'm going to read a few verses, and you keep your Bibles open. I'll refer to some more of this. We'll read a little bit of this together. Rome, and Matthew chapter 18. Uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Sorry, chapter 1, verse 18. Don't let me lead you astray. I think some of it's going to be on the screen. Uh, the Bible says this, The birth of Jesus Christ came about in this way. After his mother had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. This was God's child. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man uh, and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. And after he considered these things, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you're to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken of through the Lord through the prophet. See, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Emmanuel, which translated, God is with us. And then Joseph, when he woke up, he did as the angels commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to the son, and they named the boy Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, as we look at the wonder of this story, help us to get it and get the lesson in the way we can make a difference in our world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to share, talk with you about three of the wonders today, three wonders of Jesus. And the first one is simply this, there's the wonder of Christ's birth. The birth of Jesus came about this way. I read a sermon one time 
uh, a sermon one time where a preacher talked about the title of the sermon was, how to, sermon was How to Survive the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Here it is. Expect interruptions to your plans. Joseph did. And then it says, the sermon said, when interruptions happen, do three things. Way to get this together today. Do three things when interruptions. How many live with interruptions? And we could even have an interruption today. So many people sick. That's an interruption. But what do you do? Three things. When, when things aren't going right, do three things. Number one, pray. Number two, keep your perspective. And trust, number three, God's providence. Our Father knows what's best for us. No doubt Joseph could understand how all these things could be and how all these things happened. He probably wondered and wondered what's going on. The miracle of his birth, the virgin birth. Jesus was a sinless, pure child. The Bible says he was born of a virgin. Why is that important? We could say that that's not important. Theologically, we'd be making a mistake. Jesus was born from a virgin because of this. Jesus, unlike us, did not possess the sin nature. Jerry Hayes was born a sinner. I knew how to sin before I knew how to spell sin. <clears throat> I'll give you an example. When I lived over on Fitzhugh Avenue, just as a young man, I had a brother, Steve, who's about three, 13 months younger than me. My mom uh, decided she was going to take me off the bottle, and he was new, and so she took me off the bottle, put us in bed one night. Everything went well, so she hears him crying. She knew she gave him a bottle, but when she gets in there, I, in a baby bed, had crawled out of my baby bed, just a little bitty baby, crawled out of my bed, into his baby, and stole his bottle. <laughs> Jerry Hayes was born a sinner. Hey, Americans are born sinners. Hey, you look across the page. We know how to sin as Americans. Jesus never sinned. There's the miracle of his birth. There's the manner of his birth. Jesus chose to become a man. Uh, and he did it not as a grown man, but as a baby. A little child. Somebody wrote it like this. Had God decided to come and thunder in the world, we'd all be afraid. But he didn't. He came as a child, a little baby. John the Baptist talked about Jesus being gentle like a little lamb. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You think about the wonder of Jesus' birth. You think about the meaning of his birth. It means this. When Jesus came, he already preexisted with God. The Bible says that he created everything that's created. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and all things were made by him. And without him, not anything was made that was made. John chapter 1. Jesus made everything. He made you. He made me. He made everything you see. When Jesus decided to come down the world, he came down from heaven and reached down to us. He, in other words, he reached out to us first. Religion sometimes gives the idea that we are reaching out to God. We build our churches with steeples reaching up to God. We elevate the steeple, the, the, the roof. Some churches, we don't do it here, but some churches burn incense so as to say that that incense, that smoke, goes up to heaven. It's even in the Old Testament, goes up to heaven so as that maybe our prayers and incense will reach up to God, reaching up to God. But Jesus' birth was this. God reached down to us. The wonder about it, the wonder of it all. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, talked about the, the name Jesus. He says, when you talk about Jesus Christ, where do you begin and where do you end? Someone who has no beginning or end. He is all Jesus. He's, he's the beginning, the end, and the middle. 
nothing holds our attention like little children. I, I, I get around children and I, I want to say, gooby, gooby, goo, gooby, gooby, gee. I see you. Do you see me? You know, you get around them and you, you'll be eating at a restaurant and you see a little child looking at you going, maybe you don't do that. Maybe that's what I do. I don't know. But everybody loves a child. Sometimes I think at Christmas, a lot of people love the idea of Christmas. But we have to remember that the baby in a manger became the Savior on a cross. The birth of Jesus. And then secondly, you look at the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus that you're going to name him Jesus because he'll save his people from their sins. Why should we look at this and not think about this with awe and wonder? The Greek word wonder means amazement, impress. How can you look at the fact that Jesus came as a baby and came as a messenger with a greater message of salvation? We should stand back with eyes full of wonder and say, thank God that I don't have to pay for my sins. It's a personal message. Jesus died for Jerry Hayes. Now repeat this after me. Jesus died for me. Now, I want to do this again. This time, use your name. Jesus died for Jerry. Let's say it a little louder. Use your name. Jesus died for Jerry. In all those names, Jesus died for each one of you. The message is personal. It'd be easy to think about Jesus not caring for us, but he died for us. I have a, a great time with our grandchildren and our third grandson, Oliver. Uh, we have a great relationship. And so I... Uh, I have this little game I play with him. I say, Oliver, who's your best friend? And he'll tell some kids about his school, maybe his parents. said, wait a minute. What's my name? Dad, Dad. Say it like this. Dad, Dad, you're my best friend. Dad, Dad. So, so now I'm going to ask you again. I've rehearsed this with him. So I say, Oliver, who's your best friend? He'll say the friend is at school. No, I said, start this again. <laughs> Oliver, who's your best friend? Say Dad, Dad. Dad, Dad. I've got it down perfect. You walk up to that little boy and you say, hey, Oliver, who's your best friend? He goes, Dad, Dad. <laughs> he made a mistake the other day. I asked him in front of some people. I said, Oliver, who's your best friend? He said, you are. <laughs> Jesus has a personal message to you. Jesus is a friend of sinners. It's a powerful message. Jesus can save people from their sins. I don't know, I, I listen to all kinds of music. If you looked at my phone, you'd be amazed at all kinds of music, from classical to, to orchestra music to country music. I love a little country, soul music. Got most of it's Christian music. But there's a song that I have on my phone by Jewel. Remember her? And, and, and she asked the question, and I wish I could sing it because she has a little quiver in her voice, who can save your soul? I ask you this question. The message from Jesus Christ is not from Jewel, but it answers Jewel's question in her song. Who can save your soul? Jesus. Jesus. You know, political people try to save us through government. Sometimes we need to be, need to be saved from government. Uh, don't get me started there. Um, police try to save us from danger. Bankers try to save us our money, we hope. <laughs> but only Jesus can save our souls. Years ago, I used to make a lot of observations. I love to watch uh, construction, but it's actually more fun to watch deconstruction or, you know, where the people destroy buildings. 
And there's a company that's actually located in Hutchins, Texas, called Lloyd Neighbors. You may have seen the company. He has a lot of business in, in East Dallas as well. And, uh, but Lord Neighbors used to have these trucks, and you've seen these trucks, and in, in, on the side of the truck it said, we could destroy the world, but then two words that rescue us, Jesus saves. Let me tell you something, folks. We have the ability as human beings to destroy things. We can destroy churches, we can destroy families, we can destroy relationships, we can destroy societies. We can, in fact, if you look in biblically, that there are people who destroyed entire countries, but praise God we have a Savior that knows how to fix us. Jesus does. The wonder of that message. Jesus is sinless. He knows how to fix sinners. There's a wonder in that message. You know, if you're looking for Christ and ask a psychologist, a psych, if you were looking for a life, rather, and you ask a psychologist about life, he would tell you about life. Look within. Try to know the you. Try to know who you are. If you ask an opportunist, he would say, look around and see what the opportunities are there for you. You ask an optimist, and he'd say, look ahead. You ask a pessimist, and he'd say, look out. But you ask Jesus, and he says, look at me. We need in our world more people who would look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Jesus is a wonderful message. And then Jesus is the wonder of everything. He's the wonder of his presence. The Bible says this. Name him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Names are important. I don't know if you know what your name means. Everybody's studied that. But if you look at some of the powerful names of the Bible, you would really look at maybe three of them. Look at Isaac, which means laughing. You look at Moses, it would mean deliverance. You look at Jabez, it would mean sorrow. But when you look at Jesus, it means Jehovah saves. Jesus saves. Acts 4.12 says it like this. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the light that melts darkness. There's wonder in his name. The wonder of his presence. Have you ever felt that time when you just realized that Jesus was really with you? You know, you needn't be with you. I'm not talking about an emotional experience, but just know that God was with you doing the right things, saying the right things. I told Sue about this uh, this week. Uh, I worked at American National Bank, and we've always been blessed by people that took care of us just in amazing ways because we needed to be saved in many ways. But when I was in Chattanooga going to college, I, uh, I worked at American National Bank, and we have you remember, remember what Leo's lunch meat is. Uh, it's a thin, so thin sliced meat that you, you, you could blow on it and blow a hole in it. You know, it's just thin, thin sliced meat. And I made a sandwich with mustard and Leo's, two slices of Leo's meat. I went into a friend's dorm and laid my sack lunch on top of one of those radiator heaters, not realizing I left it there. It, it was in the winter. I come back to get my lunch after, uh, after class, after chapel. And I opened up that lunch, and it was turned to complete powder. I'm surprised it didn't catch on fire. <laughs> and I've always been hungry, and it's 12 o'clock. That's an hour and a half past my lunchtime. And I had to go from there to work, and I got to work, and I thought, what am I going to eat? I have zero money, no money in the bank, zero money. I'm just going to drink water for lunch, and, and I knew I had to work through supper. I'm going to drink water for supper. And I walked into the bank that day, into the computer department where I worked, and the vice president said, hey, Jerry, come here. And he said, are you busy? I said, yeah, I'm about to go to work. I'm about to, I'm, I have time to check in in 10 minutes. He said, well, go ahead and check in and come back to my office. And I, I checked in. He said, uh, can we talk for a minute? I said, sure. He has some questions about God to ask me. And uh, 
He said, are you hungry? I said, a little bit. <laughs> he said, hey, the, 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 the pharmacy next door serves a great hot dog, chili dog, and great shakes. Let's go over and get one, and I want to talk to you while we eat. He bought me two hot dogs with chili on it and, and Dr. Pepper, and I washed it down all with a chocolate malt. When I got on the elevator, separated from his office, back to my job, I thought, that, my friend, was a gift from Jesus Christ. To feed one hungry boy going to Bible college in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and God saw me. I'm not sure how you measure that stuff, but I measure that as a loving God. There's the wonder of his name, the wonder of his presence, the wonder of his wisdom, the wonder of his wealth, the wonder of his worship, the wonder of his, his being. Some people ask during difficult times this question, where is God? And Jesus says this, I'm here, I'm here. He's with us when we're sad, isn't that good? He's with us when we're sin, that's good. He's with us when we're Difficult, that's good. He's with us when we're distant. And here's the last one. He's with us when we die. Wonder. There are three similar words like that that go together. Three of those being wonder, which means marvel, consider, which means to understand, and to ponder. But I want us today to consider and to ponder the multiple ways, multiple ways we can have wonder about Jesus Christ. The wonder, word wonder, always is plural, refers to God. God is the God of not wonder. God is the God of wonders. We sing the song, Isn't He Wonderful to Me? I grew up as you did, listened to Billy Graham preach, and listened to George Beverly Shea sing. I still remember the first time I heard this song. I think I was a believer. It's early in, in high school, watching Billy Graham on TV. Did y'all watch them, those TV, black and white TV? We, were, we didn't have a color TV yet. Watch Billy Graham. And George Beverly Shea got up and sang The Wonder of It All. He writes in the song, There's a wonder of sunset at evening. There's a wonder as sunrise I see. There's a wonder of springtime and harvest. There's a wonder of stars, the sky, and the sun. But the wonder of wonders that thrills my soul is the wonder that God loves me. And I want to tell you, we can celebrate today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the wonder of it all. Let's sit back and wonder. And here's our response. The church can be guilty of having wandering souls people that miss church, people that don't take assignments spiritually, the people that wander away from God. But the church that wanders, spiritually wanders on everything that God is, wonder, will not do that foot wandering if they're wondering about who Jesus is. Let's celebrate today the wonder of it all, the wonder that God loves us through Jesus. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Bless us as we share together and as we experience your joy today. Give us the joy we need and the wonder we need for, for our relationship with you. Bless us and give us strength.
Help us to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. We'll sing together.